not even trying anymore. I'm tired of it. Pod. No, it's not. It's not fun. I did it. It's not fun because he's good at it. I think he's got a timer over there. He watches. <laughs> just you just gotta have a feel for the music. Welcome to football. Another F words. <laughs> I am Michael Gillum, aka Mr. Lebowski. Keith is at home with mad cow disease or something tonight. Um, to my left, Zach, the owner of the Huxley Podcast. Oh, where is he? He is oh, uh, yeah. upstairs. Where is Huxley? Uh, he's been he's too filled with energy to hang out with us today. No. Yeah. Mm. We're missing two members. I know. The last time he was down here, he was chewing, <laughs> chewing on, what's our podcast skeleton name? I we'll think ca- Paul. We'll call him or Paul. Or Tim. I thought it it was, we, can't call, we can't call him Paul because if Paul's yeah. on, he's going to wonder why he has no arms laying face down in a trash <laughs> I thought trash it was Johnny R. Well, we'll call him Johnny R. He's missing both of his arms. Huxley was chewing on one last week. Uh, sitting to my left across from me, he grows two inches every year, standing at seven foot 14, <laughs> which is so fucking annoying. <laughs> It's Mike Miracles. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm actually growing three inches this year. Big uh, big year for me. Turn his mic off. Um, yeah. You know how, you know how you, to tell how old he is. You cut him in half and count the rings. <laughs> well, it's, it's getting annoying because every time I go to give him a bro hug, my face is going further and further down his sternum. It's eventually going to be crotch level and it's going to be awful. Uh, you can follow look- Mike at, at Mike Miracles on Twitter. Music City Miracles. He writes fantastic stuff. Uh, Zach. Pretty much just football and other F-words now. <laughs> <laughs> he runs our Twitter, so if you, if you get mad about something or don't like the wrestling content, that's not my problem. Uh, and directly <laughs> across from me, um, the sideline and locker room reporter for Titans Radio Network. Is that correct? Whatever you need it to be. Okay. <laughs> and uh, co-host of the Midday 180 and half of the Chutton duo. It's Jonathan Nutton. What's up, guys? Oh, <laughs> so I, I wish I could grow three inches right now. It's freezing here. <laughs> Studio. How long is this a I, think I can't <laughs> control the studio audience. I was hoping Zach was going to go with the woo. <laughs> I thought about you're it. In, I you're about in direct it. control of the studio audience. Okay? I don't That's know what you're talking about. about this. It's a live studio audience. Jonathan, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. It's great to be on with you guys. I, I appreciate you uh, coming all the way over here to do this with us. Um, what a view from the top of this hill, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's kind of sick. There's the, the the difference is is that you know apparently there's a lot of uh, pot smokers around yeah, here that just right across the street yeah up on this uh, little abandoned field I'm sorry about that by the way yeah, that's, okay. oh, yeah. that's, that's where okay. the kids go to smoke pot <laughs> yep. these days yep oh. my Lyft driver talked corner. about it on one night he goes yeah, yeah I used to smoke weed over here I go people still do people still do <laughs> is that when your driver admitted that it was him yeah. sitting up there smoking <laughs> earlier that night yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> people used to do this like an hour and a half ago yeah. <laughs> Way back in the day. Jonathan's kind enough to join us tonight, and uh, you are doing something special with LLS Tennessee, LLS being the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Tell us a little bit about that. How did you get involved, and uh, what does the campaign entail? Yeah, thank you for having me, and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to come on and discuss this because this is something I've been planning since November, um, where uh, I'm trying to, to raise as much money as possible for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Tennessee. Voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, nominated me. And I am running on behalf of Brad Willis's wife, Amanda Willis. Brad is my boss at 104.5 The Zone. He also travels with us with Titans Radio. And uh, Amanda was diagnosed with lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, right before football season started. And LLS approached me about running two months later. And I took a month to decide, decided in November, and I've been planning everything since then. And it's a 10-week campaign, which started last week. And it is just a, a drive to see how much money you can raise uh, both individually and as a team, and I'm competing against some other people, some other legitimate uh, competition from across Middle Tennessee to see who can raise the most. It's the biggest fundraiser of their year, and uh, we're, we're doing everything we can to, to raise money and awareness for LLS, which is a great cause. That's fantastic. I didn't know Mike was the one who uh, nominated you for Yeah, that. so he did this in 2008. Okay. And he, his decision to run was based on a friend that he had in first grade who passed away from leukemia in first grade. And had they had the research they have now, his friend in first grade would have survived. So the advancements that have been made in blood cancer uh, have come a long way in in what they've been accomplishing over the last 30-plus years. And uh, that that was his message, and I'm I'm focused on pushing that and and trying to bring more awareness to their cause at LLS.org. That's no, that I mean, that's fantastic. It really is. It, and Mike won it, by the way, in 2008. <laughs> so the pressure's on for me, for sure. Listen, it's it's a fantastic campaign. It's something that I'm going to talk about for the next several weeks on this podcast quite a bit. So, LLS, 
you can follow Hutton. It's Hutton1045. Hutton1045.com is the website. Okay. Hutton1045 on Twitter. And then I'm using the hashtag Team Hutton1045 as the team name. Uh, but if you go to Hutton1045.com, you'll see the video and all of the events coming up. Um, and, and that's what I'm trying to do is, is trying to get is, is the 5 and $10 donations from listeners. Yep. And then also get people to come out to, to <coughs> football events and various things that I have coming up in April. Speaking of which, do you have anything you want to tease? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, uh, announced uh, earlier this week, John McClain is coming back to town, which I know you guys are big fans of, of McClain on NFL. Yes, and uh, the man in black is is bringing with him uh, for one night only the McLean dinner, which was a, a huge hit whenever I first started with the zone um, 12, 13 years ago. He would have Jeff Fisher and other people come out for for Titans talks. Right. And I, I called him up in December of last year and I said, hey, would you be willing to do this? He goes, only if we can go big. And I said, let's go big. Let's get a nice venue. We'll see who we can get. He is bringing with him Amy Adams Strunk. Uh, on April 18th, Thursday, April 18th, exactly one week before the draft here in town, she will be on stage with John for a one-night-only off-the-record chat at the Bell Tower on 4th Avenue. Fantastic. It's hard that to is... get much bigger than uh, Amy Adams Shrunk. Oh, that's uh... off-the-record, too. Yeah. That's a hell of a We're closing it to media. So, like, Koharski and them, uh, PK may be there, but he's not allowed to report on it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm not doing a cell phone check that night, but... I will do what Dave Chappelle did at his concert at the Ryman, where it's like, look, this is, this is you, you paid to be here. Keep the cell phones down for like yeah. an hour and a half, and let's just hear some old stories and current stories about the organization. And, and she's excited. I, I've double and triple booked this date with her. And, uh, she is pumped about coming on and, and telling some stories with John. And, and this is all McLean. McLean's connections with the, with the franchise to this day uh, have helped set up this event. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you need cell phone bouncers, let me know. I, I can, I can bounce tall. cell phones. Well, you have that, and then, uh, yeah, he's very tall. He can do that. But then you also have the little pouches now that they, yeah. they you put I've your cell those. phone in, yeah. and they clip sh- shut. I'm not going to go that far. Maybe I should, now that I think about it. But, no, we, I, I think uh, hopefully people will abide by the, the rule of let's not tweet or video anything during the hour and a half that she's on stage. I, I mean, I, I would hope so. You know, be, be respectful about it. But, uh I'm just worried about selling out the event. Hutton1045.com is where you can get tickets. Yeah, come on. I, 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 think, I think it's awesome that you know she's going to do it. And I, I, I'm not saying this just because I root for the team. But if you, if you follow the NFL, she's probably really a top ten involved and active owner in the league, in my opinion. I mean, everything she's done she, she's, since she's taken over has been for the betterment not only of the team but for the community and the city around it. So, I mean – I, I, I mean, John McClain's cool and all, but if I'm probably going to go and that man pay some money, and if I'm going to go, I'm going to go for Amy Adams Drunk. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I would be going for, too. Yeah. I'm not paying to see John McClain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying to see John McClain. <laughs> Come on. Do you not want to have a conversation with him about how he is able to listen to the most rambling phone calls ever when he comes on? Well, everyone like, loves him. If everyone loved you, you would, you no, would listen I, to I him. No, I know. That's, it's crazy to me. I mean, the number of calls you'll get, Mike and I spend... <laughs> I spent countless hours talking about this. John, I'm a big fan. Thank you so yes. much for volunteering your time each week. But it's it's the lead up to the question that always gets me. Like the people who will call in and and expect expect McLean to remember something so much. Hey, hey, John, listen. In 1988, I came up to you in the Astrodome. I was getting chili cheese fries. My wife got a little mouthy. She's living with her sister now. But anyway, so I just wanted to know. Um, what do you think about the future of the Tennessee Titans? I'll hang up and listen. Like, it's just, I don't expect McLean to be like, yeah, absolutely, dude. I remember taking a random photo. Oh, but John's you. great at that. No, I know. Oh, yeah, Bruce, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> no, but it's, I, seriously, that's the only thing I just want to ask McLean. I'm like, how do you do it? But no, it, in all seriousness, Amy Adams, I definitely want to meet the Strunkinator because, uh, I came what? the Strunkinator. That's right. Is, is no, that a thing? Let, let me. Have I missed this? Let me. Let me just throw this out there. If you're going to name random months like Rabiary or whatever the hell, Rabiary. Rab- 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 I mean, just awful. say it. Just get it, it right. It's the month after Manuary, Manuary and In that's the month after December. Our podcast is responsible for <laughs> what's March. We, 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 we haven't, haven't decided, decided yet. yet. 
We haven't it's decided TBD. yet. We've, we've I am thinking about. I am actually thinking about making a custom calendar, <laughs> and, and I'm going to send it to Buck because he hates this. We've so all much. we've all but derailed Buck Rising's t- Twitter following <laughs> and his show. People calling and asking about manuary. Mannion, yeah. As well, to be, to be fair, I was that guy that called this. <laughs> yeah, let's, so so to to back up so that for Hutton's entertainment and in case our listeners missed it, we somewhat appropriated the rumor that Sean Mannion was in the running for offensive coordinator for the Titans. And it kind of got a little out of hand to the point where Buck was having to answer questions about it. So sorry, not sorry. Well, it, and then it apparently took over in Denver because they were talking about how Sean Mannion can be the uh, next Denver quarterback and how because he's a free agent this year. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help it. I got. I wanted to ask uh, Jonathan some stuff because right. um, I got on your Wikipedia page and um, there was some stuff here that I didn't know about you. Have you been to your Wikipedia page? I have not. I didn't know I had. One. I was just about to say, <laughs> hey, did you know you had a Wikipedia page? Because I didn't know this either. Well, That's there was only there's only one Jonathan Hutton on there, so I just figured. <laughs> oh, it was is this, this the, Jonathan? Uh, is this the old dude from Germany or something? It's pretty close, but I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's you. Born 1956, which is right. <laughs> I could. I felt like this lighting may be a little off. But you look a little bit younger, but I could see it. Yes. Uh, British-born Zimbabwe Zimbabwean e- ecologist with broad interest in nature conversation or conservation. I can't even read. And yeah, environmental policy whose views on the future of wildlife conservation in Africa have fre- frequently been controversial. What's been controversial? <laughs> like like that's that's it. So <laughs> what? So what views on on wildlife conservation are so controversial? If I can even talk. <laughs> so okay, I'll I'll answer that for him because Zach hasn't heard that. You've got some controversial stance on um, wildlife, don't you? Well, this I man, can, this man um, thinks he can fight a big cat. Like oh yeah. Someone yeah. just killed one and with their foot. With their foot, and it was a child. It was a small. 30-pound mountain lion. Not oh, I thought it was a child that killed a mountain lion. Oh, no. That would be way more like, well, I could definitely do it now. <laughs> it would, it would but actually be I was better. expecting to see like this big like uh, Bear Grylls type guy. Like, yeah. He, he, this is not... When I saw a picture of him, I was not... A, I don't know. He just didn't live up to the billing I had made in my head of some like former Marine or something. The, the adrenaline kicks in, and whatever you have to do to survive is, you know... You're going to fucking kill that lion. I can't I'm, believe you can't do I can't, it. I can't, I can't go down the street. Imagine, <laughs> imagine being gonna... in that scene, though, where, like, I don't know where his hands were, but he decided to choke out the mountain lion with his foot. But right? okay. That's pretty amazing. And actually, the best part of the story is that apparently he grabbed the mountain lion and they fell down a hill. Like he was, he said he was tumbling down the hill. It's like the revenant. Wild, yes, while choking <laughs> this mountain lion. That's, it seriously sounds <laughs> like one of those like scenes in a movie where I'm like, oh, this would never happen. So this is he, crazy. So he kills, chokes out the mountain lion. He gets back up the trail, and he's running. He said he was on pure adrenaline, and he ran into another runner, another trail runner who was out there. <laughs> Can you imagine the reaction of that <laughs> son of a bitch? You look like you just got in a fight with a mountain lion. I actually literally just did. <laughs> His Can carcass is down out? at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> so no one saw him kill this lion, no, right? 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 He walked up on this dead what if, lion. What if he just... Exactly. I think Some he fell down the kill. hill. I think he was taking a piss. <laughs> fell down the hill. Stumbled upon a rotting mountain lion. Thought, I don't look like a dumbass for falling down this hill while taking a piss. That's my story. Well, I mean, I could kill Matt Lyon. Okay, we're moving on. Because I've, I've derailed this train from... And so the other John Hutton is Zimbabwe. He's from yeah. Zimbabwe that lives in Great Britain? I think so, yeah. He's British-born, at least. Impressive. Yeah. So he was born in Britain and moved to Zimbabwe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's what, that's what it says. I don't feel like that's a lateral move. And yeah. he, he's really into wildlife. Yeah. He's, he loves it. Controversially wildlife, uh, so. Conservation, and he has some wild takes, apparently. <laughs> some wild takes. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this train back on the tracks. <laughs> so last week on our podcast, Hutton, we talked about um, Nashville hosting the draft. Yeah. And... Uh, we wanted to discuss kind of since we're Nashville natives and, uh, and you're, you're a Nashville native. Yeah. Um, we talked about food venues 
that we liked, strongly recommended, and that we disliked and wanted to kind of avoid. Again, not to trash anybody's local business here, just kind of a personal so opinion. So anything hot chicken, avoid. Is that what you said? <laughs> that is so actually you one a, of the things I want to ask you about. hot chicken? I just don't understand why it's Nashville's thing. Like, I, who who declared it Nashville? Like, Bill Purcell said right. that, but I don't understand, like, why he was given the authority. It why suddenly we, became a thing. But yeah. why did we just say, you know, you know what? Bill Purcell is right. Hot chickens are. I don't know how to explain that. Actually, I think it's this. I think when we were growing up, at least this was my perception. I felt like we tried to be like a barbecue town, but we were so clearly not better at barbecue than Memphis or Kansas City or, or you know virtually anywhere else in the southeast. So we eventually latched onto this one thing that could be our own thing, and then that's how it. Because I didn't think hot chicken was a thing until like maybe two thousand. Well, and and no, and like, the fact exactly. that, yeah. it's like recent, like I mean, it's the fact that nobody else can do it right either. Is something that we talked about. It's like As, everybody else wants to put syrup, cayenne syrup, on it, corn syrup, and and call it hot chicken when it's supposed to be a dry rub. That's what's disgusting. So I'm thinking that maybe it's just because we can like only they, do the only ones to do it right. <clears throat> I, that was my question. It was. Is hot chicken a Nashville thing? Because I mean, it, you're right. Well, I mean, it, it was now. just like 2012. And whether we like it or not, it is now. Yeah. We've co-opted it. But I don't know when it started. I think I, I had hot either. chicken for the first time in like 2010. I mean, I, I don't always hear anyone think, talk about it until yeah. like the well, last five years. We have Gabby's and Rodier's and stuff. I, why like could we be a burger town? To, uh, like Titans Road Trips, they, they will totally bill it as try Nashville hot chicken. They'll do like a special at a bar. And you you can go and grab beer in Nashville's hot chicken. It's like I don't, I, but it's not done right. Right, and it's just yeah. not. It's, it's not. I don't, I don't understand it. But it's avoid all, the hot chicken if you're coming to town. Yeah. Oh, that talk about <laughs> controversial. That, that is takes. a controversial ecologist take. What is that was that's right. That was actually my first question for it's you. It's not is, a Nashville thing. Hot chicken recommendation, but you're just saying avoid it altogether. Get, go get the barbecue. I think the barbecue is more Nashville than hot chicken is. Oh, yeah. Some good meat and threes here too. Barbecue. Well, that's yeah. a good point. Meat yeah. and threes. We that's the thing. About like I thought, Nashville was—I don't even know—known for it. But if I had to pick a food that Nashville could be known for, I think for meat and three. I mean, Wendell Smith is in the back of a liquor store for Christ's <laughs> sakes, off Charlotte. Like how it doesn't they get go to pie wagon. Yes, it doesn't get more trashy than that. Like you walk in the pie like, wagon. Nashville is a moon pie town. What are you talking about? Get moon out of pie. here. Do you follow Moon Pie it's a on big Twitter? Moon Pie City. Moon, moon Pie Google Clusters. Moon Pie might be one of the best Twitter followers out there. Really? Are yeah, they like the Wendy's of? It's, it's, uh, yes, it is very much so. Nashville dessert food. Wendy's gets after it. Yeah, they do. Wendy's. Wendy's gets in people's ass on Twitter. Savage. Yeah. It's pretty damn funny. It makes me laugh that you all are sponsored on the yeah. day one eighty by Wendy's because their social media is. Is, is fantastic. You should it's like incredible. read one of their tweets every time that you know y'all do the sponsorship. Just like, and here's here's a message from Wendy's. <laughs> here's, the Wendy's. Here's, here's the last person that Wendy's roasted today. <laughs> well, they, they like the Wendy's Twitter beef of the day on the show for that reason. Yeah. We just started doing it, and they love it because we're getting after someone it's, who we hate. That it's is not perfect. even. And it's not even as bad as the shit they do to people <laughs> on Twitter. I mean. <laughs> They absolutely get after people on Twitter. They're going to cancel their sponsorship because we go too easy on people. (laughs) So, um, all right, let's move on from hot chicken. Clearly, you have a uh, you have a very strong opinion on that. No, I just don't understand why it's Nashville's thing. Like, let it be Milwaukee's thing or Cincinnati. When's the last time you had hot chicken? Um, It'll be uh, probably the last Preds playoff run. So last May or June. Well, May because I didn't make it to June. I, I'll say this, it's a little controversial, but hot chicken to me, I feel like it's one of those things that once you've tasted it at several different places, like I don't know that I care about going back. It's not well, that it's not good. It's just, it's a lot to deal would with. Would you rather have a hot it, it, wing or a hot chicken? <laughs> hot wing. Hot, hot wing. wing. Hot exactly. wing all day. Yes. Hot yeah. wing. Yeah, I'd say hot wing. Uh, but I will say this, that Big Mike goes to party foul all the time. I mean, I, right? I, 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 mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, say all, all the time. time but. I'd say like once every six months or so. See, I haven't had hot chicken. Well, I think maybe I got drunk lat no two seasons ago. <laughs> I got drunk and I ended up at party foul and had hot chicken then, and I regretted it the next day. Hot chicken, I think, sometimes can be on accident too hot or not what you want. Like, but you're you're going to eat it, ruin your day. No, that's absolutely. What I mean. If you get it too spicy, it, it's a day ruin. But hot I mean. wings, if you, you get, know, if you get hot wings that are hot and it's a little too much for lunch. You can kind of deal with that. If you got a hot chicken that's too hot for lunch, 
You have foobarred your day. <laughs> I mean, foobarred your day. And it's not just dealing with, God, my esophagus and my mouth is on fire. It's that 30 minutes later, you're like, damn, this is about to go the other direction. What am I supposed to do here? Uh, anyways. Your um, poop is black. Like, it just looks like charcoal. This is, is that not, just me? This is not normal. Oh, yeah. Do you holiday in Chernobyl? Like no, that's, I'm just saying, that's what hot chicken does. I mean, mother of God. That is, I would go to the doctor about that. Oh. That's, I, I don't that's think a that's a hot chicken, chicken thing. I, I don't think, think it's a hot chicken thing. You're yeah, misplacing the blame That's like a three-mile island sandwich or something. <laughs> that's, I don't know what's wrong with you. But He's been eating at Y12 Deli over there. <laughs> After a tour de France. Yeah. So, last time I was at Oak Ridge, I was taking pictures of the uh, Y12 security <laughs> facility. Because it's like right across the street from the Boost Mobile store. That was getting some, some dirty eyes from security for doing that. So, definitely on a list now. The um, helicopter started hovering a little lower. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, don't make nuclear weapons in the mountains of East Tennessee and expect me not to take pictures of it. I'm just saying. Saying I'm not a threat. Anyways, so other this than... podcast is getting flagged. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's any, already, any minute we're going to have people crashing through the garage. And, this door's going to blast yeah. open. Um, so other than hot chicken, restaurant-wise... Imagine the potheads, by the way, if they see that. Coming <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's true. Talk about shit and charcoal. <laughs> They're dragging people out of this house with bags on their head, dude. Shut up and pass the joint. Um, so besides hot chicken, restaurant-wise, if you just had to pick one, if you were coming to Nashville to to visit for the draft, where, where would you go? Excluding Wendy's. Excluding oh, Wendy's. Yeah. Uh, it, would, it would be either Martin's Barbecue or Edley's Barbecue. Those are my two favorite spots. They're the only two yeah, good barbecue Those places. are my barbecue yes. places. I mean, so, yeah. I, I'm not going anywhere else besides those two places. I agree. Last time my boss was in town, he was staying at the um, the Holiday Inn in Brentwood. Very swanky. And uh, <laughs> there were some people standing in the lobby asking <laughs> asking the person behind the desk, where can we get some good barbecue? She started to go down this path of Corky's is up there. And I said, uh. I said sweetheart, I'm going to stop you. I didn't say sweetheart because that's very offensive. But I, I, I said, excuse me, madam, dear, dear, lovely woman. <laughs> I did not say sweetheart. That's fucking awful. But um, I, I, I couldn't let it go. That's, that's what my wife Madam. says to like every waitress when she gets pissed off about something. She's like, sweetheart. Just, oh. yeah. Or she drops the hun Ooh. on him. And that's when I know like I've got to like brace myself for like a like woman fight happening. Dude, I can't be. St- I can't. She's going to start throwing salad like Miranda Lambert. <laughs> yes. I can't. There's two things I can't stand. Bro and big boy. <laughs> Don't call me either one of those. Okay, bro, if we're joking around, cool. But like if if you're just like if you're trying to say something condescending to me, like bro. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna handle that well. What dude. what if you're trying to whip your dick out at a strip club and someone's like, bro? Why I don't understand why <laughs> what? why what? at this point you are pulling Tell your genitals out of your pants. <laughs> but like bro. All bets are off the table. I think I think you could be called any you could be called sweetheart at that point. <laughs> sweetheart. And you were t- you were calling someone madam when you did this too, right? Madam, <laughs> fine, lovely individual behind the counter. I, I hope I didn't say sweetheart, but um, no, I-, I couldn't let it stand. Corky's God in heaven. So, besides <laughs> besides restaurants, what would be your overall tip for somebody visiting Nashville? We covered everything from if you don't already have a hotel downtown, your food bar. Yeah, you might as well get an Airbnb like yes. in Bellevue. Yeah. Um, Travel-wise, downtown, you know, we were talking about how basically it's just, you know, there's no point in parking downtown. What, in your opinion, what would be kind of your couple of tips that you would give to some friends coming in to watch the draft? Well, for the people that uh, have told me they're coming in town, I I think they are better off staying on the outskirts and Ubering in just being dropped off. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we said. I, I would avoid the hotels downtown like the plague. Yeah, they're they're crazy prices. Like I looked them up the other day. It's insane. Where are they? Like eight hundred dollars a night? Is it more than that? Yeah, four to four fifty is the base right now. Very, very lowest end, and that's like West End Vanderbilt area. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what the Drury Inn in Franklin is, but I just took a lift from Franklin and back, right next to the Drury Inn almost, and that was like twenty five dollars for a lift. I mean, I don't know how much the stadium in is over by the stadium, but that's that's a wonderful establishment. Costing your kidney. Just add that on to whatever. Just a, just a mad tub full of ice and, and organ you didn't need. But um, so draft wise, I mean, what what are your imagine expect- what the curtains have seen at the stadium, man? <laughs> imagine what the front staff has seen. Imagine what the curtains I, have felt. We used to- <laughs> <laughs> 
fluids we didn't know existed. Uh, so we used to tailgate in the parking lot of the stadium in, real classy as younger Titans fans. And I made the mistake of going inside the stadium in to try to take a piss one time. I opted to, I opted to go outside Did and find Did you get tested a, afterwards? No, I ran. I ran out back out the front door. I decided that somewhere in public chancing arrest was better than going back in the lobby of that place. It was absolutely disgusting. So... Any last thoughts on the draft for now? What are your yeah. expectations for now? I, I honestly, oh, I mean, I think they're they're undershooting the the estimate of three hundred thousand people. Wow. Oh, wow, don't you guys? No, I well, do. What they have in Dallas, like two fifty, two seventy. Yeah, it was something around there. Yeah. And whenever they say three hundred thousand plus, I, I, I'm thinking, yeah, you're. I would go a plus. And Dallas's yeah. stadium is in the middle of nowhere, right? Right. Yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. a few. Arlington. There's a there's a Walmart over there. And Six like flags. a few, well, it's not even close to the stadium. The Six Flags is, but I mean, right across the street from the stadium is uh, Walmart, and then there's a fried yeah. seafood place and the Ranger Stadium. Are you thinking minimum three hundred thousand just for the draft, or are you combining the fact that this I'm combining <laughs> the entire footprint of downtown? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because oh, it, I think it may be even more than that. Then, if you're including the playoffs and marathon or NHL playoffs, the stupid ass marathon. fucking marathon. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's going on Saturday, Saturday yeah. morning, and people are. <laughs> I know people that are uh, that are getting in town for the marathon on Thursday because there's like a minimum stay of hotels yeah. now, uh, kind of like the Super Bowl, where yeah. you can stay four nights, um, or the prices are just through the roof. I I, I think uh, I think you're gonna have a ton of people in for the marathon alone on top of the draft, and then people are just gonna hang out afterwards. And so for th- for both events, they're gonna have like road closures and stuff like that for the marathon too. Which I mean, that's gonna throw traffic oh and everything else into Saturday. a different. Realm Saturday, of existence. Saturday will be an unmitigated nightmare. Okay, random here. I, I was talking to a friend who is going to put their uh, their ho- their not their hotel their apartment up for Airbnb as a hotel or whatever yeah. for the week. They're going to leave town. They're <coughs> going to go on vacation, and Airbnb will pay for their vacation, and they're going to make money off of it. What? Wow. Of Airbnb what? will actually pay for your vacation? No, no, no. What no, they're going to make money on oh, Okay, gotcha. So someone's going to rent out their place. I, I told them, I was like, there's no way I would let some random person coming into town that's like a Eagles fan stay in my place and destroy it. Oh, my God. Right? Would you guys be willing to do that for a week, knowing that you're going on vacation, coming back, and you have – I mean, oh. maybe you know who's going to stay. Maybe you don't. I, w- I would have to do a pre-rental interview because I'm not letting Jets <laughs> fans and I'm not letting Eagles fans stay in my place. Yeah, after – I'm definitely not letting the, anybody else in AFC South stay at my place. After going to yep. that Titans-Eagles game this year, there's no way I'm letting any Philadelphia fan anywhere near my house. That just not happen. I would have a moving company take everything out of my living room, put it in storage, and I would give them a folding chair and a 13-inch black and white TV. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, just decimate the place if you want. <laughs> just tear it to pieces. Because now Jeez. you're in Green Hill, so good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. In it. That's yeah. that's the thing I'm not going to tell them. So what's it like right here? Oh, it's nice. I think you should rent a car. It's lovely. Yeah. It'd yes. be wonderful traffic over there. Speaking of uh, good luck in traffic... We need to take a break for a word from our sponsors. Oh, that's right. All right, we're back. That was a beautiful ad read. That really was. Yeah. For whatever wonderful product you have just been pitched, I'm I'm very happy for you, you. guys. I'm done, buying it right now. You guys have done one more ad read than Paul Koharski had this week. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Is it a station decision for him not to read ads? Okay, so the, the first year <laughs> of our show... He came on the show and declared that advertising does not work for him. Now, he said this because he worked for ESPN, and they didn't allow him to do live reads on our show. So he was mocking us, saying, I can't believe you guys are doing advertisements. I don't, advertising doesn't work on me. Right? When you, when, oh, okay. Uh, He's okay. saying it doesn't uh, okay. work being advertised to. He's saying a car company advertising to him would not work for him. Okay? Uh, now, all of a sudden... He's no longer with ESPN, and he wants ad. He wants ad companies to pursue him. To re- I'm, I'm, I'm on the air, I'll sit there and ask him, like, well, why do you expect this when you have told us that advertising does not work for you? Well, Paul listens to music, right? He's a big Springsteen fan. Would no. you not? I mean, would you not consider the Springsteen's just been advertising you should, to you, you for thirty years? Guy, go into a, <laughs> you should go into a hat shop with this guy, Sunglass Hut, <laughs> uh, into a bad shirt shop. This guy. <laughs> This guy destroys. Does he just buy big dog shirts? It's like uh, really bad uh, fluorescent green shirts. Those—that's his type. Any anything like button-down shirts. 
that's that's his type of just. He <laughs> just does shirt. not he's, seem like a fluorescent he, green. He's into kind like of guy. Seahawks green everything. It's like a Seahawk, yeah. It's like a Seahawks <clears throat> just mix up, mix and match of all their colors. So, he, but, he seems like a guy that he you would open up his closet and it'd just be gray shirts or black shirts. Like I, that's I, all no, you I can, can kind of see. It's I like can, a blue, green, yeah, brown. That's, that's his. That's his color. It's kind of how. It's kind of how my father dressed. My my father had no. There was no rhyme or reason to it. It was just a closet of colors. So anyway, I'm going to go on the show tomorrow, and I'm going to mention that you guys had a live read, and he didn't. <laughs> F words well, pod one. Technically, PK it's a zero. pre-recorded, uh, pre-recorded ad read. That, yeah, the, uh, SB Nation. Uh, the last, in. the last live read I did was controversial for yeah. products that harmed people. <laughs> so so Electricon. Yeah, Electricon. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been kind of. Uh, <laughs> Have you had it with people breaking into your house and taking your children and throwing them through the front window? Now get Electricon. <laughs> It'll strap that bastard to the kitchen floor and make him stop raiding your fridge and having a beer and throwing your children through the front window. Electricon, get that asshole out of here. And I haven't, I haven't done a uh, ad ad song for for the Ville six one five in a while. It's been it's been hectic uh, off season schedule. How are you? How are your nipples though? My nipples are still soft. That's for, good. For That's the good. Thank God. Nipple update. So, <laughs> anything else you want to touch on for the draft? I mean, expectation wise for me for the city. I think I, I'm really excited about it. This is, I'm one of those who is just very, very happy and proud to live in this city. And I think that it's going to be a, a hell of a uh, introduction to the rest of the NFL fans who, for whatever reason, don't think we have a team or, you know, so it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about so it. So what's the next, uh, I've been thinking about this because Nashville's going to crush it uh, on the NFL draft. It will not be the last draft that comes to town. I think it's going to be that big of a success. What's the next big event that comes here because of that? I because there will be a next event. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to think that this is completely assuming, but I've got to think that Amy Adams Strunk obviously is using this city as an interview for whatever for the NFL. But there is going to be, I would think, there's going to be multiple people within the NFL hierarchy that look at her and say. $30 million worth of work to that stadium, and you can have the Super Bowl. Like, look at this. Oh, it's going to take more than that. Yeah, $300 million. <laughs> $1.2 billion, and you can have the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. How much for the dollhouses to go? But, uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just in, in all seriousness, I really do think there's going to be multiple people in her ear saying, if you upgraded that stadium, this is already a Super Bowl town. I mean, am I wrong here? Because it, what's been the two complaints? Obviously, the stadium size is a problem. Like, aren't we below the minimum threshold that the NFL has to host uh, one stadium? I think we're actually right there for the stadium because I think that Atlanta normally holds, I think someone told me, about 70,000, and we're, I think, hold 70,000. We're right, right at like 67,000. I think there, there's 67. a minimum of suite space yeah. that you have to okay. acquire, uh, hotel space. I think Nashville now, compared to whenever we were doing this a couple years ago, they're probably right there at the threshold, maybe just a little bit under um, – um, they may be one hotel away, one and big actually, hotel Comfort away. Comfort Inn uh, across from the stadium is actually adding on to their hotel to make it bigger. Too bad they can't get rid of, get rid of PSC Metals over there, but yeah. that's a whole other thing. Um, well, aren't they close, though? I mean, not to get off on a national what? real estate podcast here, but... Who, PSC Metals? Well, they've combined all of the tracts of land that yeah. made up that group, right? But don't you know who owns the whole thing? The big conglomerate? Yeah, Carl, but... Carl Icahn. But it's still... He is not going to sell that for Still anything. the pissing match still going on? Yeah. Okay. It's the biggest metal recycling place on, like, river access in the southeast. I, I think... I think Like, it's, big, it's a gold mine. The biggest thing holding Nashville back from the Super Bowl is, of course... An, an outdoor stadium, but I mean, yeah, you, you can still a have a Super Bowl to outdoor stadium, but they did it in New York. Yeah. yeah. But the, the big thing is, is our, our infrastructure for transportation go, yes. coming in and out of the Oof. city, that's going to be your biggest holdback. And when you see what the draft is going to be like for that, there's no way we can. Hold hey, we've got Bowl. the music city star with its two stops. <laughs> I, I think so, if anything you would see, I think you'll see an NBA all-star game before you would see a, that is, uh, in a Super Bowl here in Nashville. What, I mean, what is your opinion, Hutton, of what our I, – I really don't know. I mean, other than the Super Bowl – The NHL All-Star game is awesome. The NHL All-Star game is awesome. I mean, I'd imagine they'll get like an MLS All-Star game once MLS starts playing because they'll want to show off the new stadium and the franchise and stuff like that. That'll probably happen pretty quick. That won't be a huge event, though. I mean, it'll be I think the next, the next big event is WrestleMania. 
Oh, oh yeah. shut the front yeah. door. <laughs> that, uh, I'm being serious. I think the next big event will be WrestleMania in Nashville. Oh my god, that would that would kill here. I, I'm I got little, I got chills. I have literal goosebumps. I'm a little wrestling it. stupid, but I know it's a big draw. But how big of a draw? Oh, it's a huge draw. A, I mean, Dallas was massive when I went to WrestleMania. I mean, just filled with people. I mean, it's okay when I say massive draw. It's a massive draw. It will fill up your stadium, and you'll probably have twenty to thirty thousand people on top of what could go into your wherever you're going to have it. Now, would they do it at Nissan? You would that, have to. Yeah. They, they they do it at they did it at um, Sun Life. Is that what's in Miami? Yeah. They yeah, they did it there. It. They did it at uh, the Hard Rock. They did it Hard Rock Sam, Stadium. Yeah, they now. did it at San, San Francisco Outdoors. Uh, in their new stadium. So they do it outdoors. They'll do WrestleMania outdoors okay. uh, and stuff. Uh, because they do, they've do. they done a pay-per-view at Bridgestone. It was not a champion's. Uh, I don't think I have it on any. The, city, on the city is aware of this. Like they, I think they, they're prepared to make a pitch if they haven't already. Oh, wow. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that would be huge. I think I think they would have to get a Survivor Series, or they'd have to get that next tier pay per view first because they've only done one pay per view in the last five or six years, and that was Night of Champions, and yeah, it's I would, know, an okay. Level. I would like to see. I know it's never going to happen the way the bowl system is laid out, but I'd like to see Nashville have a much bigger bowl game, like a New Year's Day or a. Even a, one of the championship games, if the playoff got extended or whatever it was, that yeah. that's that to me would be a, a big step for Nashville as well. Because there's so many hurdles for Nashville to cover to have a Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's. I mean, now that the draft is going to happen here, and I, really honestly, to me, it's the photo, the view of what Broadway's going to look like that'll sell people on. Yeah, damn, this really this city could host anything. I'd love to see the New Year's Day hockey game. What are yeah, they calling oh, yeah. that? The uh, stadium series. Stadium or, series. Yeah. Well, the state you could do a stadium series, but it's like the New Year's Day game. That's oh, like the, the Winter Classic. Winter Classic. Yeah. Um, I, they're not going to be able to do it though because of the timing of when Nissan Stadium is needed for. You've got uh, Music City Bowl the last week of December, which is normally December thirtieth or December thirty first, whatever that weekend falls on. Right. And then you have potentially a home playoff game wildcard week the following week. So mm. you have two football games going on, even though the Titans could play a road game on, in week 17, like we've seen at Gillette Stadium, like we've seen in Pittsburgh. They don't, those two stadiums don't have a, a bowl game in week 17, the Titans. Oh, yeah. So that, that's what sucks for, for the Winter Classic. I don't think it could actually happen at Nissan Stadium. That would be the next big event, yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, but because of the contract with the Music City Bowl, I don't think it will happen. Well, I'm I'm pretty damn excited. I mean, we've been we've been teasing a little bit. We're not ready to talk about it yet, but football and over F words podcast is hoping to do a thing downtown. We're looking to do some kind of meetup. So for the draft, was, yeah, awesome. We thought like we had rooftop or yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we thought we had something lined up early, and then the logistics of it didn't work out. So now we're. Um, no, worst we're case scenario, uh, I've had trouble selling a loft downtown, and we'll just have it at that loft. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's on Printer's Alley. We can we can throw some microphones down on Printer's Alley and just uh, oh, we can. There's so many venues we can find you guys a venue downtown. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about that all. Time. I mean, downtown, <laughs> downtown is owned by like three dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like you just got, you got to call one of the three and say, hey, which one of your 17 bars can I be at? <laughs> yeah, that's that that's good, what we really need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll um we'll discuss that over there. Um, so <laughs> which strip club are we going to be? <laughs> Too bad the classic oh, Deja Vu does have a uh, patio up top. Oh, you talking about that, that cute little French place downtown? Yeah. Um, what happened to the classic cat? We need that back. Um, the classic cat. I don't what remember is that? that place. That's before your time here. Shit. It was this gaudy chrome covered strip club downtown directly across the street from Hume Fog. When uh oh, when nice. I turned, was is that Hume Fog this downtown? Yeah. 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 When I, good education um, there. Yeah. When <laughs> I when I turned 18, dad got a uh, a van and it was like one of those vans with the, the TVs in it and the lights and stuff. Why is that woman coming out of that place with <laughs> juicy sweatpants on? And he, he we drove from we got a driver we drove from Columbia, me and a bunch of uh old, you know guys that were 18 and we went and dad paid for strip club and there happened to be a perfect 10 uh, model from perfect 10 magazine there. Whew. It was awesome. It was the best 18th birthday party. anybody. <laughs> Deja vu. It was on a Wednesday too. Like you wouldn't think that the high class talent would be there on a Wednesday, but I mean, it was awesome. Did you pull a what's his face off true detective and come home and burn your clothes? So um, <laughs> <laughs> how we no, doing? That was my Russian trip. How, uh, how we doing on time? 
Uh, we're doing good. We got okay. 40 minutes. Um, so the next topic I want to get into with you, Hutton, and th- this is no hyperbole. Definitely in the local market, but honestly, even out of some of the national people we've heard, your interviewing style and obviously the level of preparation you put into it is, it really is unparalleled. It's really, really damn good. Um, that's kind of what Mike and I wanted to get into a little bit. I, I really am fascinated by kind of the homework and the, the day-to-day operation that goes into preparing for interviews, but like what goes through your head when you've booked a guest or you're going in the locker room or you're going to talk to somebody on the sideline? Like how do you approach an interview? First thing I do is I Google, no, no joke, I Google to see what pops up first on someone. Really? That will be what I will not ask. Because that is what every other show in America will ask them. Uh, Wikipedia, everything else, screw that. Like, if you want to hear that, go to some other show. Yeah, you need to shred <laughs> that over there, Zach. No, the Wikipedia, the, the, the Jonathan Hutton for Wikipedia, I was intrigued by because I'd never seen that. But, the, but seriously, though, like, if you, if you Google a Dory Jackson and, and we want to discuss his USC days, like, I, I don't care about that. If you go to, like, page 21 of the Google page, and then pay 99 cents for the subscription to get the archive of the newspaper article. Right. I'm not opposed to going down a path that's already been discussed in his past, yeah. right? Uh, but bringing it back up to a fan base that hasn't heard it is fair game. Uh, same thing with uh, Jarrell Casey. Uh, a lot of times, too, like uh, I'm using Titans as examples, but if I find out a story on a guy that I'm pretty certain has not been discussed with him, I'll kind of float it his way before he joins us. That way he kind of knows, hey, this is coming up, mm-hmm. and we'll see where this goes. I, I did that with Jarrell Casey and his brother, who's in prison in mm-hmm. ca- California. Okay. Um, making sure that he was comfortable going down that path. And right. Once he, once he kind of gives you the okay, it's fair game from there because he's, he's opened the door for you. Uh, Dory Jackson had this story about um, – Outrunning a train, which I, I reference way too much now, but it's it's the <laughs> it's example. A great that I, story, it's though. the found, it's the story that I found on him. Uh, Dick LeBeau had this had this story written on him when he was the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, and um, he he was a stunt double for Michael Caine in Too Late the Hero. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And it, again, like this, it's <laughs> what a life he's led. So I decided when I when I read that story, I decided we're having Dick LeBeau on our show. I'm not going to. I'm ask sorry, him, I can't get over that. I'm not going to ask him anything about football because this dude is the most interesting man in the world. Right. Yeah. So I, I decided to find every possible thing I could on Dick LeBeau that was not football related. Yeah. I didn't care about the zone blitz scheme that he drew up on a napkin and invented. I wanted to ask about being the stunt double for Michael Caine when he was running through cane fields in Vietnam, <laughs> pretending to be shot at, and then had to, uh, it, while it was like a rainy day, so they were playing pool, and he and Michael Caine were playing pool, and he had Michael Caine te- teach him the Cockney accent. And so we had Dick LeBeau trying to speak Cockney on our show, and I'm sitting there going, I can't believe this is what it led to. But, you, but I have like two or three bullet point things I want to hit, and sometimes it leads to something cool, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's a complete bust, Yeah, and a lot of times you just get lucky. How, let, let me ask this without it sounding completely retarded. How quickly can you tell that an interview has gone off the rails and you're not going to get what you, what you think listeners want to hear or what you want to hear yourself? Or how often do you have someone in studio who's pimping something? I mean, I'm sure Radio Row for the Super Bowl is the worst about this, yeah, but is. how often do you have someone in studio where they're like, hey, this comedian's in town or somebody's doing a concert or something where you realize 30 seconds into talking to him, you're just like, I don't want to talk to this guy at all. <laughs> I, I normally know 30 seconds before we come back from break whether or not it's going to be good or not, if it's in person. Really? Because that normally the person who's really engaged off the air will be 10 times as great on the air. Hmm. Normally. Yeah, uh, that's not always the case, but that's you kind of get a feel for when you sit down with someone whether or not they're going to be into whatever you're doing, or whether or not they're there for the paycheck, right? Like there, a lot of people that come through for Zanies, a lot of the comics have been up, you know, until four thirty in the morning, and then they're there Certainly. with you at ten forty-five, and they don't give a damn about being on midday one eighty. Some of them do, and that's what makes it great. And whenever they're willing to play along and play ball, it's. It's awesome. No, and that's that's genuinely to me as a listener, just someone who you know enjoys an interview. When you can tell the person who's being interviewed is actually into it, that to me yeah. is, is that's that's a good selling point. It's I mean it's really not a hidden secret, but 
Radio Row for the Super Bowl, regardless of who's doing it, it's kind of hard to listen to. You all are the exception, the Midday 180, I'm saying, is the exception. Because when you do have interviews on, I can tell you all try to get different angles out of people. I know they're all there to pimp a product. I get that. But most Radio Row for most radio stations is absolutely intolerable to listen to. But then when I go back and listen to even their day-to-day interviews, if they get something random out of a person, it's more of a anomaly than the way you interview people. And I do mean that as a compliment. And that's one of the questions that Mike and I wanted to ask tonight is kind of your interview style. Mike, yeah, what I mean, on that? Yeah. I mean, the preparation level and, and Mike kind of touched on it. It's, it's noticeable that, that, I mean, you've dug deep, deep, deep into, you know, some of these things like the Dory Jackson story and, and the other things that you mentioned. And it's just, I guess I'm curious as to how, like, is, is there, Beyond, like, just the Google search, you know, are you reaching out to, like, people that know them or, you know, old coaches, stuff like that? Or, you know, how far are you going beforehand to... to I have a, a, I'd say 50, well, that's too much. I'd say 30 to 40% of the time I will put a call in to someone else asking for a, a backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times it's the same two, three, four people that can connect me with someone that they came in contact with throughout the draft process. Yeah. If it's a football thing, if not, then you, you just have to get lucky and stumble onto something and email a writer or email a contact or reach out like social media is so simple now where you can direct message people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that a lot with the play by play announcers for college football um, and, or SIDs that will just feed you stuff um, under, uh, under the radar that stories that maybe no one reported on in college that they want to get out on, Hey, set this guy up for this. He's, he's likely to set you up for a good story down the road. Uh, you just file it away and, and see what comes of it. Uh, and a lot of times like it goes nowhere. So like mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a lot of, a lot of pitches that are, you know, swings and misses. Uh, but for every 10 minutes that you spend researching something, you maybe get a good 60 second sound clip out of someone. And you just have to, again, a lot of it's just, spur the moment and luck that's involved with it because uh, it's up to the other person across the seat, uh, across the room from you to actually give you a good answer. Right. You just kind of hope they're in a good mood that day. <laughs> so speaking of good moods, how, how intimidating is it at first to walk into a locker room or interview somebody on the sideline? I mean, I'm genuinely curious well, about like when you first kind of get into that business, like what <laughs> – it's, what uh, is it like? It's completely different then than what it was now. Um, I started in 2005, which was McNair's final year and Pac-Man Jones' rookie season. Oh, wow. And the the Hutton then compared to me now, like thinking about I – was, I was replaying some of the memories of McNair the other day on his birthday and, um, and knowing what I was thinking. Then, like I, I just remember walking into the, the practice bubble for the first time and McNair was, I just remember thinking, dude, this dude, his calves are so huge. Like <laughs> the size of my entire torso was McNair's calf muscle. Yeah. And, uh, and thinking about like what I thought of him then. Yeah. And compared to some of the guys that come to the locker room over the years that you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like you just kind of see behind the curtain a little bit. And it's, it's, it takes the fandom out of whatever you grew up with. Uh, and that, that's just being honest. Like you, you kind of jaded to the point where, yeah, you, you in the business you don't really care if they win or lose. You care about telling the story the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to go back twenty years and actually root for an outcome more than I root for just deciding whether or not I should discuss the story the next day. Does that ruin football for you? No, I still love football. It, it, but I, and maybe I shouldn't say ruin, but does it change the way you look at the game? Um. It, it's more of a business approach, right? right? So I, I normally fall on the side of the player for the most part. Um, I, I, I think as a fan, you fall more in line with the organization, even though you don't want to admit that because you're more in line with the team. And I think it, it, as you get behind the scenes, you realize that the players do not care about the team as much as you want them to as a fan. Right. Mm-hmm. The fan will always care more about the team <laughs> than the player does. Right. Um, and because it's a business. And I, I think that, that, that kind of strips away at the, the overall fandom of anything. Like, that, that's just the, the harsh reality of it. Well, and, that's, and the reason why I ask that is because we started this about a year and a half ago. Actually, 
it's almost pathetic to even admit this. When we first started doing this podcast, we started it as a joke for our fantasy football group. I'm just going to let that marinate. <laughs> or we've gotten so sick with our fantasy group that we did a podcast for it. Then we just decided to. Look at us now. Look at me now, right? Look at us now. Right? <laughs> look at us now. We have NFL, at least three the more. The NFL listeners. may not know that I'm drafting right in the middle of the draft, but I'll be there. But I can, anyway. I can hear Lebowski. Let's go down to Roger Goodell with the 13th pick in the draft. Roger. <laughs> as I'm being drug out day Portnoy style. But um, anyway, so I, <clears throat> when we started doing this, I wanted to try to separate myself from being a rabid Titans fan and have more of an objective view because, yes, I want Titans fans to listen to this podcast, but I don't want the circle jerk of just defending the team, defending the yeah. team, defending the team, and then something happens, a player leaves, or a coaching change or something, and now all of a sudden you have to completely change your tune because you've spent the last X number of days, weeks, months, whatever, defending or not defending that person. I didn't want to be that kind of podcast for our listeners that just agrees with the group because I don't like that. Don't get me wrong. I Titans Twitter and some of the memes and the things that come out of it are absolutely hilarious, but I don't want it to just be a meme factory. I actually want to have a discussion about the team from a little bit of an outsider perspective and set yeah. my fandom aside. So I can say that over the last couple of years, my view of the team has become more neutral. My my highs and lows with the team of wins and losses is not as not as pronounced. It, it's the excitement of the game when we win, and then thirty seconds later, I'm 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 done with it. Or a you know debilitating loss like the the season ending loss we had, <laughs> pouring down rain and I was like this kind of sums up the season and then it, right after it's like football was I was done with football like five minutes later so yeah. it, you know I, <laughs> I, I was done. I, with I wish I could cut it off like that. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> now I don't mind going back and apologizing for something I got wrong or or you know and shifting from there, but I mean for me it's just like I'm all in on this team. I've donated time that I'll never get back <laughs> on this team. <laughs> so this team better win me a damn Super Bowl before I die. That's all I got. So. Just one? You just need one? Uh, I'll t- take You know what? I right. actually, I probably I would take, take the one. Yeah. I would probably take <laughs> I, the one. Yeah, I'm not going to get greedy. I don't have to have a dynasty or anything. Just I, give me one lucky Super Bowl. Right? I know this is a football podcast. I'm going to say this, and people can unsubscribe if they want, so get your ass <laughs> ready for this. I would rather see the Stanley Cup in this city than a Super Bowl. If I had to choose one. I, I think it just means because, more to the city. I would just agree Just because with I you. think the Stanley Cup is such a much more difficult trophy to win. Well, and you get to play it at home, too. You right, know? right. Which that, I think, is a huge deal. And the trophy itself is so badass. But so, <laughs> Wait, not, hang on. You think a Stanley Cup in the South means more than a Super Bowl trophy? But see, why, why do you have to do that to me? Because <laughs> it means, I'm, I'm, we're talking football in the South compared yeah, to hockey. I, I, Hockey's a big deal in Middle Tennessee. But I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, regionally, a Super Bowl trophy means a lot more. Yeah. I, I, Go ahead. I have to stand by what I say because I, I do. <laughs> I think – Because you just preached that you would. I think the Stanley Cup is such a more regal item to win. Very Canadian of you. I think the Stanley <laughs> right? Cup is, is a better trophy to win. I've got the bat blue just pouring out of my nose right now. I, I think it's a better one to have in, in a city's – I guess when you really start to say it out loud, because I just started saying it out loud, it seems pretty stupid to say that the Stanley Cup is better than the Super Bowl, but I just, maybe it's more sentimental for me well, or something. Okay. Or in my head, it's the Stanley Cup. It it's, took you seven games, and it took you multiple, uh, technically it could take it's you seven the fact games. It that takes if, you multiple games in multiple series to get it. And I, you can win the trophy in your hometown, yeah. right? You so can it's, win it's it. a lot less lucky, you I can, feel like, to get the, the you Stanley You can win Cup. it in your hometown, and there's a 99% chance in the next 48 to 72 hours, it's going to be up and down Broadway with people drinking beer out of it, <laughs> you know, all kinds of horrible things happening to this trophy. They don't do that with the Lombardi. They bring the bastard out with white gloves on. I, I mean, listen, I'm not saying... They should do a beer I would, bong Lombardi. Problem solved. Hey, maybe Luan will be the first. <laughs> I would not be surprised. He would. <laughs> So, I'd, I'd put money on him if I was going to put money on any NFL player to be the first one to drink beer out of the Lombardi Trophy. I will, Find a way. <laughs> I will say this. Mount a cup to Going back own. to the interview topic, I, I'll kind of 
I'll kind of wrap it up by going down this route. The Logan Ryan show, basically the, the premise you all have been doing with having Titans players on to do a show. Was Delaney Walker the first one to do this? Yes, he was the first one to agree to do it. He loved how, it. How we, come Darren Bates didn't do it? Oh, I would love to have Darren Bates on our show. The Titans won't allow Darren Bates to come on our show. <laughs> well, okay, let me stop there. What does the Titans organization think about that arrangement? Like Delaney Walker to Logan Ryan, are they fine with it? That they have never said, What are you doing or what are the what are the the limits of where you're taking? They've never said one way or the other whether because or not they, they like it or they don't. I don't want to say the word brutal. But some of those Logan Ryan interviews this year were they're pointed. I, it's obvious that you know you've had a debilitating loss. This has been one of those Titan seasons where you'd have such a great win, and then the next week they just absolutely go on the field and shit the bed. Okay, but here's here's the here's the example of the player versus the fan. Okay, okay. As a player, and I'm saying this as I've never played in the NFL or college. Well, how can you speak on it? Okay, well, it, <laughs> the, player behind the, the player behind the scenes, it, when, I, when I say like they, they don't care as much as the fan, I think they look at it knowing chances are in this league we're going 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. So this is just the path to 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. Losses are going to happen. This is one of the seven. Mm-hmm. The fan looks at it like we just lost last week. We're done. Yeah. But that's – and you the point you just made – is something that I get a lot of hell for on Twitter every time I say it, is that we can go down this path on other podcasts, but I think one of the big problems with the Titans, attendance-wise and apathy for the team, that kind of thing, is because we're an SEC fan base Mm -hmm. with an NFL team in its town. An SEC fan is so obsessed with the fact that you've got to win every week. Yeah, but you're not playing Louisiana Monroe every week. Bingo, right? But they they view like the Jaguars as Louisiana Monroe, and they're like, if you lose to the Jaguars, you might as well have lost to some non-conference cupcake. You and know? That's Louisiana kind of the point. Monroe could probably beat the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the point I'm making, that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to pull myself back and have noticed myself doing it over the last couple of years of even just doing this podcast, is that I just I don't want to be that... NFL slash Titans fan who is so just beside themselves in a That's league. every market, though. Well, yeah. I, it is. It is. That is literally every market. It's not just here. It, but it's just, you know, I can't – I just personally cannot be beside myself in a league where 10 and 6, 9 and 7 gets you in the playoffs. Well, and, you know, I think, I think the difference between 10 and 6 and 6 and 10 is so, like – it's way thinner than what I Certainly. think most fans really look at it. You know, they see six and ten and fire everybody. Ten and six, oh, you're the greatest guys ever. You know, the difference in that can be like, I mean, a couple turnovers, a couple injuries. Like, it, it's just some bad bounces of the ball, maybe. You I, know? Look, I mean, even look at yeah, our season. I agree, we were a couple injuries away from probably being a ten and six, eleven five team. Yeah. I, I mean, think if it's you, more if Delaney difficult. Walker made it. I mean, uh, yeah. It, yeah, speaking of Delaney, yeah. um, I think it's more difficult to make the jump from nine wins to 11 wins in this league than it is to go from three wins to nine. Oh, absolutely. That's a good yeah. point. That's I, a really good I point. I think it's more difficult. That's why they fired Mike Malarkey. Right. Yeah. Um, because they, they had to do something to get above that next hurdle. Um, and I, it's, again, it comes down to health and, and whether or not you can win those games in crunch time in December. All right, Hutton. I've got a cheesy, shitty Go ahead. Hold on, hold on. question for you. Before you do, yes, so I need to take a break. We got, we got sponsors we got, that pay us and stuff. So Another we one. Get to them. Is it an yeah. electrocharge F- or whatever? F-Words Pod 2, PK0 coming up. I never know. So, sometimes, yep. sometimes these sponsors <laughs> the start off with like a banjo or something. Like I, don't, I try not to listen to them or pay attention to them when they actually come. But now a word <laughs> from our sponsors. All right, we're back. So the, the last question I have for you, you're the only one at this table who has been effectively tackled or trucked by a pro athlete in Delaney Walker. Tell yes. us about it. It did not hurt. <laughs> really? <laughs> it did not. Uh, it was weird. It was like a, a clean shot where um, you, you get up, and I was expecting to have just, just yeah complete just hell go through shoulder, my body, yeah. right? <laughs> and it was the exact opposite where you just kind of like, man, that <clears> – <throat> It's like going to the chiropractor. (laughs) Okay, that's it. And you had everyone coming up. Everyone came up to me like, you okay? Everything good? I'm like, yeah, I think everything's good. Two minutes later, I had someone come over asking me like, did I need to be evaluated for a concussion? I was like, I don't think so. Like, I I think I'm good. 
The NFL's going to pull you off the field. He's a yeah. blue protocol. And uh, so everybody was very professional about it, right, like, with all the doctors and stuff. But I was like, I- I'm good. I did my halftime report like <laughs> five minutes later. And, uh, yeah, like I had one bruise on my hip, and that was it. I got very lucky. The only thing broken was my pencil. I use pencils, not pens. <laughs> and uh, it was in my pocket. It was broken in half. How very Belichick of you. Yes. Uh, very Matt Patricia. Oh, wait, no. I'm sorry. That's Matt Patricia. But it, it was Belichick broke. just uses blood of the innocent. <laughs> broken in my, in my pocket. That was it. Um, and, and Delaney. Delaney was shocked. Like, post-game, he was coming to me. Man, I'm sorry, bro. And I was like, it's okay. I'm like, I'm fine. Everything's good. That always, I mean, to, to kind of go off of that for a second, it watching people inside, especially NFL films crew, and the Associated Press or whoever's ever taking pictures in the end zone and stuff, they get trucked well, all the time. The media is way too close to the field. They are. Mm-hmm. They they really are too close to the field. We we are way too close to the sideline. I don't and and I say that knowing I love the access, but as far as like the 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 size of some of the athletes and how fast everything's moving down there, um, for the health and safety of the player, mm-hmm. I w- as an organization I would move the media right. back. And it's the opposite. I can't believe there's not more broken arms and legs during the season for people just getting hit, like just sideline reporters. And it's not just the NFL, you know, the NBA. Photographers are right there on the baseline. The NBA is horrifying. These people are sitting through. Like, I was telling somebody the other day that I I would not accept court seats to any game because I don't want to be the asshole who pulls the... (laughs) The uh, Larry David sticking my feet out and trips on my interior ACL. I'm not doing that. What was it? Uh, was it Embiid the other day that that went launched over into the yes. second row? Yeah, and it, I mean that that was ter- that guy's seven foot what two or three and two hundred and sixty pounds. Like that's horrifying. That's a massive human <laughs> being. So Delaney, it, it happened in slow motion. It was yeah. like very fast, but yet I could see it happen, but I couldn't do anything about it. Uh, Malarkey was standing at the 32-yard line. I'm at the 30. And he moves down to the 30, and it was like second and three, second and four, and Malarkey was standing right at the line to gain where Delaney was going to make his break. And as Delaney broke to the outside, Malarkey took two steps to the right. He caught the ball and came right at me. And I was pinned in to where I felt like I couldn't move. I probably could have moved. But I decided it was one of those deals where if I move, maybe Delaney goes to his left and I get trucked. Mm-hmm. And I decided to stay and let him make the move. And he decided to just go straight ahead and plow me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do want to add this question in there because I, I haven't thought about this in a while for somebody that just popped in my head. Um, you were in Kansas City yeah. for the – it was like one We've degree. We've been in Kansas City a lot lately. What was the what was the game that it was just here in the last couple of years where it was like one degree of that was, That was the December matchup when Suckup hit the – the right. field goal standing on the arrow. That's right. Yeah, that's yep. right. How – I know this is a generic question, but – How cold was at, it? Ex, what, well, what point does being that cold not get to get to your head where you're like, I can't concentrate on anything I else? made it through the first – I made it through the first quarter before I felt – it starts in my feet yeah. where it gets really cold in my feet. I made it through the first quarter where I, I started to feel it. My phone was dead five minutes left in the first quarter. Oh, wow. uh, that's how cold it was out there. Um, <laughs> your, your phone just I shut had it off. Wrapped, I had it wrapped down. in like the, the, the hot hands that like stick to your body. Right. I had my phone wrapped in that, and it went dead. Wow. Basically. That's how cold it was. I worked, oh in, I worked in logistics as a, uh, in, in college, and warehouses, most of them are not heated. And the, we had a day where it was like, four or five degrees, and I worked the night shift, so I would, I would get off at like one o'clock in the morning. But one of the things as forklift drivers, we made them get off the forklifts like every 20 minutes because they would stand around on break and the cold, like concrete floor radiates yeah. cold through your legs and you don't realize this. So then all of a sudden, they come back in from smoking a cigarette or they've been on break and they get on a forklift and they don't realize that their extremities are not reacting as quickly as they need them to. When you're driving a ten thousand pound forklift with shit on shelves and explosive canisters, like that's not a that's not a good thing. So I didn't I didn't really realize that until I was working in that environment. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me one day. You were talking about on the radio how cold it was, and I think you referenced something about you could feel it in your legs first, and that's what it reminded me yeah. of. But honestly, like you you talking about the fan in me I, that day, I felt like a true football fan. <laughs> I felt like I was back home, like on the farm. Well, uh, Sunday afternoons on the farm, yeah. all the people around would get together. All the kids would get together and play tackle football, regardless of the weather. Yeah, 
that felt like that day where I was I was cold. It was it was just it was not great, but it was fun. I had a blast. I, I couldn't feel a thing, but I loved every second of that game. Was I would there, do it again in a heartbeat. Was there a moment? I'll end on this. Was there a moment when you first started? doing this, the first time you reported from the sideline, what it did dawn on you, what you were doing, that you were reporting for an NFL team in the NFL, for a sport that you obviously love. I mean, it just has to, there has to be a moment where you're standing there thinking, damn, this is actually happening. So my first game was a preseason, my first game on the sideline was a preseason game against Green Bay, and it was the downpour, just douche. That was natural <laughs> that night. Um, I believe I was at that game. Where it, it was a cloud that just set over Nissan Stadium and it just stopped there. Um, so that one was a that, – that didn't really feel like, okay, I'm on an NFL sideline because yep. it was just – it was chaos. But it was the week one of that same year. It was Marcus's rookie season. It was Marcus versus Jameis in Tampa. That yeah. was my first game. And that was when everyone thought Wisdom Hunt was going to win a Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. That was the only flight home that year that was fun. Um, and uh, that, that was a cool experience to witness a winning locker room from that vantage point. Yeah. And they just destroyed Tampa, and everyone thought they were going to be the next best playoff team out of the AFC South that, after week one. Uh, and then getting on the flight home and witnessing what it's like on a winning flight home in the NFL, that was the first moment. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. And they didn't win another game for a while. That's really damn cool. <laughs> um, Hudden, it's been a blast. I really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thanks for coming Thank you on. for having me. I'll do this anytime. I, I promise you I would make this bet. I will be back on this show before Paul does a first show with you. <laughs> do you think you would do two more interviews with us before Paul does his first? Do I? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Yes. I mean, I, I just don't. Actually, do uh, Paul, any, Paul, I'm straight up calling you out. Why have you not been on our show yet? Do any of you subscribe to his site? I to do. Be honest. Yeah, I do. Big Mike. Oh, did. you do. I, yeah. I did, and then... then Please unsubscribe. The, I'll give you my username <laughs> and password. The, uh, Sweet. Well, the first Save, time, saving the first all time that I, big PK money. The first time I subscribed, <laughs> the first time I subscribed, it double subscribed me, and then I was like, well, I'm not paying for two subscriptions yeah, I would because you couldn't get your shit together, so I canceled both subscriptions. <laughs> well done. Props. You should you should ask him for a year for free because you paid double for a I year. I should. <laughs> I'm sure oh, I'm sure he can accommodate. I could probably join the all twenty two and he wouldn't know it. Anyway, so I uh, <laughs> Hutton, why don't you tell us one more time about LLS? Hutton1045.com will tell you everything you need to know about uh, the 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 work I'm trying to do for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I say I, it is a full team, including Paul Kaharski and Chad Withrow, David Reed from the Midday One Eighty. Uh, we've got some cool events coming up, including John McClain and Amy Adams Strunk, April 18th, Thursday, April 18th at the Bell Tower. Tickets available now, Hutton1045.com. And I'll tell you what, me and Mr. Lebowski will actually be there if you want to come meet us for whatever weird <laughs> obsession you have with this podcast. <laughs> I hope it's weird. I want you to come up and tell me basically about the time with John Glennon and the body pillow. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> I, I want to I see someone come up with like actual pictures of like Huxley on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I would maybe donate mo- extra money someone, to LLS if you show on up the with, spot. If you show up with a <laughs> Huxley body pillow. Yeah. If someone comes up to me with a picture of your dog on a t-shirt, <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a whiskey. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> well, listen, thank you. This has been a blast. I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to go out to the hillside and smoke a, smoke a joint. Smoke with a the, joint. Fantastic. With the that, that, may be our, that may be our podcast meetup. Don't, don't. <laughs> Let's not do that. I don't want the, I don't want the ATF do or the DEA up here. <laughs> we, we know some people that can get us some weed. Like Titan's film room. Take us out with that glorious song. <laughs> okay, yeah, a contact high just by going to my car. <laughs> hey, John. Do you remember that time that we covered each other in nacho cheese fries? But anyways, I wanted to ask you about the Titans. I wonder how many uh, callers have called in knowing they met John in a grateful dead time. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know what Marco Nagurski smells like. <laughs>